My guest, Bob Dietrich, uh, one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite people to work with is I truly get to be myself around him. I was just on one of his summits around and on the topic that we will be discussing today, which is ADHD and all the tools that you could use in your toolbox when working with your kids who are struggling with it. And I grew up with it. I still have it. I'm an adult with ADHD and it's my superpower. It's my blessing. It's my curse. It's my joy. It's my triumph. And it's also the thing that Bob understands. So when I say I can be myself around him, it means that the last time I was on his show, I was so jazzed. I had just come from the gym. I had a lot of matine from drinking a mate and, and I was just all over the place. And he was the strongest nervous system in the room. He just, he just stayed with it. I didn't feel judged. I felt understood, accepted, and loved for who I was. And that's one of Bob's gift, uh, gifts. Bob has been doing so many, so much work with so many experts around ADHD for so many years. I've known him for a few years now. And like I said, I've been on a few of his summits, have got to experience him as a, as a man, as a professional, and he's just a huge know-it-all when it comes to ADHD. And you need to know what he knows because he knows it all. Thank you for being with me on today's show. This is a show very close to my heart. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm your host, Aaron Huey. And my guest today is Bob Dietrich. Bob, as always, man, I dig you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. And, you know... You're so right. I love ADHDers. I mean, I love ADHDers, and 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 I think that the world kind of sucks without them. If you know what I mean, oh. you know what I mean. Because like, <laughs> um, like look at people like Robin Williams. Like, what is comedy without somebody like Robin Williams? You know yeah. what I mean. It's so true. so it's like you know they bring they're the they're the spice you know in in the potatoes if you will right <laughs> the potatoes are just potatoes they they suck until you put butter and salt and pepper and garlic and all this other stuff on them and that's what we are in as ADHD is we we are the spice of life i am that. a spicy potato i love it i i yeah. always used to introduce myself back in the day as i am god's caffeine buzz like you there know you it's just i feel like i'm tapped into a source of energy that's completely limitless bob how did you how did you get involved in working with ADHD, ADHDers, adults, children, and talk about that and then talk about what you discovered on your journey that brings you into the field of being an expert? Well, first of all, let me say that nobody grows up saying, you know what, I want to be an ADHD expert, right? <laughs> <laughs> nobody does that. Everybody falls into it somehow, sure. right? They fall into it somehow, and usually out of necessity. And for me, um, I had met this wonderful woman, her name's Alma Galvin. She had, she had spent 20 years raising her children from autism and ADHD and OCD and every, every letter in the alphabet, she says was co covered to the point where her two doctors told her, her to put her oldest son in an institution and move on with her life because he was too far gone that she was never going to be able to help him. And she went through she said, hell with that. I'm not going to do that. I'm oh. going to find a solution. She spent seven years finding a solution. And this is the kind of woman she is. And, and so I've been working with her because she is, you know, she helped her children go from, from the severe autistic and, and ADHD and all this other, all these other brain challenges to overcoming that learning, learning solutions for that. And, um, and helping them to be now young adults, they're in their 20s. Now they're working, they have girlfriends, they drive, they have jobs, you know, this is just amazing stuff that they've been able to do. She never thought they'd be there. And so it's been my pleasure to help her promote her product. So to help her get her product out there. Um, so I'm really good at the um, the tech side of it. I'm really good at seeing the vision of where it could go. I understand video. I understand all that other stuff. And from a standpoint of me being, um, you know, being, you know, organized and techy, I mean, that's not necessarily me. I'm, I, I can do tech, but, <laughs> but when it comes to the details, like, you know, like I'm like all the other ADHDers. It's like that's not my strong suit. I'm better off shipping that out. But with the vision of it, I can see where all the parts go. You know, and so um, 
so that's kind of where my role is. And, and, you know, a little bit more background. I've, uh, my, my strong suit is, is personal development. I think personal development, I know personal development has helped me overcome, uh, many of the challenges of ADHD. Part of personal development is brain development. I know that has helped me uh, yeah. overcome a lot of challenges with ADHD and then leadership, you know, which is all of this, all of that we're talking about, you know, is, is, uh, that, you know, with personal development is leadership. So those have been huge, huge um, uh, background, you know, as far as what I've done in my past. So when you, when you are working with, um, with parents, with families who are dealing with ADHD in their children, in their teenagers, what is your first go-to strategy? And I want to just start the show off strong because I know so many parents are, are struggling with it. And boy, when they hear that, when they, when they feel that, when they think that, and some teacher, some therapist, some psychologist, psychiatrist confirms it, it feels like a death sentence. And it is, it has been, what I say, promoted in such a way that there are three things that are going to lead your child to really, really risky behavior as far as, you know, behavioral disorders. You know, they're, they're going to choose drugs. They're going to choose you know, running away or, or, you know, compulsive, impulsive. If they are bipolar, uh, borderline personality, borderline personality disorder or ADHD. And so ADHD has always felt like a, a blanket of darkness. But when some parent comes to you and they've, they're carrying the weight of my child is ADHD, what's the first thing you do to help relieve them from the weight? First thing they need to understand uh, is a couple things. They need to understand ADHD, right? First thing is many of the challenges your child has, they can't help, right? From a parent's perspective, many times they're looking at it, they're thinking, why are they being defiant? Why are they being this way? And they don't understand that their brain can't not be that way. They, they think they should be different and, and they don't understand. For example, um, a lot of ADHDers suffer from anxiety. Anxiety is a state of fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight, your blood flow shifts in your brain. Right. It leaves the frontal cortex and goes to the back of the brain. So you're super reactive, but you can't think very well. And, and so what's happening in the brain? Why is the brain going into fight or flight? And they don't understand that, that their child is triggered into fight or flight constantly all day long. And when they're in there, they can't think straight right? They can't think the conscious, rational, reasonable, logical mind is the cortex. If no blood flow is going to the cortex, they cannot function like, uh, from, from a, like a conscious, rational, reasonable person, right? They, they just don't have the blood flow in their brain to do that. And so if you understand that as a parent, then you can understand that, that if they're in fight or flight, it's not the time to be logical. You need to let them spin out of that and come to them when they're calm. And then you can have that logical, rational, reasonable conversation with them. And the other thing I, I tell them is that, listen, you've got a tiger by the tail here. You've got a diamond and <laughs> you've got a diamond in the rough. You've got, you have got a Clark Kent who hasn't figured out that underneath his suit is a is a Superman costume, right? It's like you have a, you have somebody here that is a superstar, and your job as a parent is to get that out of them. And they're they're in a way they're trapped inside, right? In a way they're trapped inside. And I say that because you know, and I, I take Alma's children be, uh, as a, as a great example because uh, I know them so well and I had so many conversations with them and. I was talking to Adrian, her oldest son, who's now like 25, and he talks about his experience when he was um, diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And he's saying, I remember those times, but I just couldn't get the words out. I couldn't get the information out. Like It was like I was trapped in here and I couldn't express myself. And so I, I, that's what I relate to parents too, is that they're in there. They just and they have these desires, they have these visions of, of the future, they have these big ideas, they have this superpower, they just can't get to it. And, and your job is to figure out how they can, because they can get to it, they just haven't figured it out yet. And, and so yet is the key word there is that yet they can do it, they just haven't got there yet. 
It felt as a child that I was constantly being judged, that I was constantly being looked at, that I was constantly being outed and ostracized. And the worst question I can remember being asked as a child with ADHD, who really did struggle to sit still, to pay attention, to focus, to remember, was, have you taken your medicine? Because right. it stood as a reminder that I was not like others. Now, flash forward to me being 51, I run multiple businesses. My wife and I are incredible partners with, with a, a, a fantastically passionate relationship that includes travel and frustrations and success and failures. And life is an exciting ball of energy. So when you say stuck inside, I know what that feels like. But for a parent holding a tiger by the tail, holding, wanting Clark Kent, when in fact you have Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, Superwoman, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's exhausting. So you're dealing and talking to parents that are saying, you know, you need to understand what's actually going on and you need to prep them to be phenomenal because they will be, they're bred for it. But these parents are wiped. Yeah, and you know what comes to mind when you say that is, uh, and, and I hate to say stick on the superhero theme, but I'm <laughs> gonna do it, is that I remember remember that scene in Spider-Man where, it, where I think the, the uncle says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, of course. right? And, and that's what's happening here, is that, you know, you, the parent is the uncle and they've got Spider-Man here and it's like, and and I know it sounds kind of corny to use this, this analogy, but it, it works, right? It's like, you have this great power and you have this great responsibility. And a, a lot of times what will happen too, and this is the other thing, is denial is the biggest killer of ADHD. It's the biggest, is the biggest um, uh, uh, obstacle uh. to overcoming ADHD Be because, because the parents, first of all, I mean, no parent wants to say, oh, my kid's got ADHD. My kid's got a flaw. My kid's got autism. It's like, that's, that is like the worst nightmare for right. the parent, right? Is that my kid has some kind of disability. Like I'm going to be a special needs parent, right? And, and whatever that means, right? And that is, so parents are often in denial about their, their children's um, thing because of the label and they don't understand yeah. the label. They don't understand what's happening there. And so- they'll avoid it and they'll avoid it. And, and then when it comes back to them, right? Because remember ADHD is hereditary. And um, it, when it comes back to them, oh, you may also have it, <laughs> right? How many times do parents get that co-diagnosed when the child right. is like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm doing this, I'm a successful this or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're working around it, right? You can't read very well. So you're reading book. you, you listen to books on tape, you know? But, and, and that's kind of the, the um, the workaround we have as adults we've learned to work around our challenges we've learned to delegate we've learned to do other things that that allow us to work in this world just like your children will as long as they don't become you know um, drug addicts trying to cope with their anxiety right and so so that's our job as parents is to first accept that our children have a, a condition right a situation a brain situation and when you can address it you can accept it fully you and in fact what my biggest um, uh, advice is to lean into it right huh. lean into your adhd because your ad there's some gifts there there's superstardom there if you go for it if you lean into your your gift and so um uh, so so first accept that your child has it but accept that you may also have it too huh. And it doesn't matter about the diagnosis. What it matters is that you both are, are understanding that you have challenges that you want to get through and that you're going to work together to, to, um, to you know, go deeper, understand it, understand what's happening in the brain, and then understand how you can overcome it. There's something you said earlier that my ADHD brain ran off with, and then that reminded me of a story that happened yesterday as I was talking, which is very <laughs> ADHD. Yep. But when you were talking, it's like the potential gets lost in the prescription. Like, because you, you get the diagnosis and then with, with the diagnosis comes one of the, the three big, you know, ADHD prescribed meds, Ritalin, uh, Adderall, or Concerta, right? And it's, it's all coming your way. And so the heaviness starts to increase and our focus as parents goes to the problem. 
and we miss the potential. We're not, the doctors don't say, I know this is going to be rough till about your, your daughter's 25th birthday or your son's 28th birthday, but it will flip then. And, and, and again, as I was being reminded of how, how my brain just kind of flowed away from what you were saying into this, what I heard you say, which was different from what actually you said, I was ex- I'm co-authoring a book and I'm working with the uh, uh, Dr. Earhart yesterday and we, we were talking and she was like, you know, I just don't understand ADHD as a concept. And at that moment, a worker walked by in a, one of the bright yellow vests. And so immediately my eyes were drawn to the bright yellow vest. And I said, oh, he's Mexican. I love mariachi music. I can't wait to go to Mexico. And all of a sudden, I was I had to come back like, huh? Like, what were we talking about? Just like I was talking about focus and, and what that means. <laughs> Is How do you leverage that? How as a parent do you see the potential when your child can't sit still, when your child is failing school, when the anxiety and the depression of feeling judged and not fitting in and only feeling normal when you're on medicine, and then when you find things you're good at, like <clears throat> video games where you can see everything that's happening and everything is stimulating your brain. And finally you found an environment that moves at the same speed as your brain. The, when, when the first Jason Bourne movie came out, the, the, the cinematography was very shaky and moving because the cinematographer, you know, was, was very famous for shooting music videos. And so it was a completely different type of movement and everything. And you felt like you were a person in the room watching the fight, moving all over the place. And when I watched the movie, I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> because it moved at my speed. So world doesn't move at an ADHD speed. How as a parent do you begin to help your child leverage what they're going through when they're still a child, when they're a teenager and all they're experiencing is the struggle they've been prescribed with? Well, number one, knowledge is king here, right? You, you must <clears throat> make it part of your life's mission to understand what this is. What, what is. what is ADHD and what are the tools out there? Tools can help you get through this, right? Tools can help you get through it. Um, one thing I learned um, very recently from Seth Perler, I don't know if you know Seth or not, but Seth, Seth is great with executive function. He said, he said something which I knew, but he said it in a way that I really love. And I'm going to repeat it here because I've, I've adopted it as my own is the strongest energy wins, right? The strongest energy wins and people, humans co-regulate with each other. And so when you're looking at, um, limbic your resonance, child, you're talking about limbic resonance, the strongest exactly. nervous system wins. Yeah, exactly. And when, and when you're in, uh, when you're at home with your children, if they're, if you're stressed out because they're having a meltdown, that means their meltdowns are winning the, are winning the day as far as emotional regulation. And so when you, as a, as an adult can calm yourself, to a point when they're in the middle of a meltdown, it will help the, your child calm down faster and they will start to co-regulate to your calm, right? And so we teach that in our program. In fact, in BrainWorks, we teach that. We have, a, we have dozens of different tools that people can help, um, that can help people overcome their challenges. Uh, for example, there's one exercise, I won't go into it right now, but I'll tell you a little bit about it, where we are touching acupressure points on the ear, right? And we do this about three times and we're just pinching and curling and pinching and curling. And what it does is in a matter of seconds, it pulls you out of fight or flight, right? Sometimes people will be in fight or flight for hours, right? Because of whatever happened, some, some challenge happened. It could be as simple as I didn't meet a deadline at work, right? Um, it could be as simple as my, my, I got in a fight with my wife and now I'm, I'm still in fight or flight, you know, later. Um, my dad used to be a yeller. So when people would raise their voice, I would go into fight or flight automatically. It's like, didn't matter if it was at me or not. Didn't even matter if it was angry or not. It's <laughs> just raising the voice. Right. And so, um, so that, that is, uh, um, that's a super, that is a super important tool that you could use is to, to in less than a minute, you're pulling yourself out of fight or flight. I mean, how valuable is that when you are about to go into a business meeting, like a super important business meeting, and you're nervous and you're in fight or flight, or maybe you're going to go on stage and you're going to talk and you're in fight or flight and you know it because you can feel it. And you, you know, and when you go on, if you're in fight or flight, remember, 
your working memory is not good. Right. Cortex is not good. You're not logical. You can't pull things out. You're not in the zone. But if you can pull yourself out of fight or flight, then you can start to get into the zone. And so th these tools and techniques and the knowledge of understanding what's happening in their brain, uh, all of this stuff is super important. And it's going to give you the tools you need to get through this. Because I'll tell you, if you don't have the, the knowledge, what will happen is that you'll be guessing at everything and you won't have the tools and there'll be this constant battle with your child and you'll start pushing them in the direction you don't want them to go because you don't know what to do and you're frustrated and they're frustrated and frustration is the emotion that wins the day and everybody's co-regulating to frustration, right? If you know that calmness is the, is the energy that you want to create, then, then do the calmness and, and then you can, you can be the calmness and you can practice that. It was amazing when you talk about co-regulation, when we, when we start to discuss limbic resonance or layman's term, the strongest nervous system wins. What's often mistaken is the, the child, the person, the teenager with ADHD, because it is so energetic and so hyperactive in, in movement, in focus, which is, you know, the, the diffused focus is, is, is taking everything in and the hypervigilance around people's reactions and responses and everything. And so there's no way to focus on what's going on right in front of you, that that gets mistaken for the strongest nervous system, that the idea that the loudest nervous system or the most deregulated nervous system mm -hmm. is actually the strongest nervous system in the home because no, everybody's deregulating to the most forceful nervous mm -hmm. system instead of the most powerful one because force can always be beaten. Power is... It's love, it's divinity, it's connection, you know, it's, it's alliance. That's power. Force is yelling louder than your child, and then they just escalate, right? That's, that's just being forceful. So it's, it's, it, there's, a, there's a change, there's a dynamic that must be confronted that is the difference between loudest, aggressive, passionate nervous system versus strongest, most regulated. 100%. 100%. I mean, if, and you, if you've ever been to a party where the party's been okay and then, then somebody walks in, right? So the life of the party guy walks in, right. the whole party changes because this guy is here. And, and it happened on my summit, right? It was like we had a guy speaking and then guess what? Aaron Huey shows up, right? <laughs> super strong energy, super fun to listen to. And, and, and the whole thing picks up. Right. You know, when I start a summit, Aaron Huey is going to be at the beginning of it. <laughs> and I, this is not just a compliment. This is the truth, right? Because he's got that energy of like, it's attractive, it's fun, and people want to, you know. And so you can practice being the fun energy too. Right. You know, one thing I did, I have to, I'll share this because it's amazing. Um, so I was going through this really tough breakup, right? And um, and, and I couldn't get myself out of it. I was three weeks into it. And it's like, I still was in this funk and, and my brother and, and a few of the, my cousins were going to this Snoop Dogg concert, right? Snoop right. Dogg 311. Right. And it wasn't my type of concert, but I was going to go anyway. And so I went and it was, it was amazing because what it did was for the first time in three weeks, it pulled me out of the feeling of like, I'm always me, right? I'm, you know whatever. And it pulled me out into this feeling of like, I forgot about that because I, it, it's such a big spectacle I that I was, had to be present for it. Right. It demanded my attention. And for the first time for three hours, I was out of it. And then what I also learned was that, was that when I gave myself um, a persona, right, a different name, like, and, and this is what I would recommend to people. And I should, I should probably I should probably do something with this, but this is an awesome idea is create a name for yourself, create an alter ego, you know, like, uh, like, you know, so if Clark Kent was to create Superman, right, you, you know, Aaron Huey would create an alter ego, and that alter ego would be the type of person you want to be more like, you know, you want to be more fun, more outgoing, the type of person that it is easy to meet girls, you know, if you're a guy or, or whatever, you know, and the type of person that is that, you know, that, that, that superpower that you want to lean into. And, and then you can step into that alter ego every now and then every, 
and, and you'll find that it's more fun. You'll find that you'll be able to step into it and you'll be able to kind of, uh, kind of um, just try it on and, and wear it more often. And then you'll, you'll suddenly find that it just becomes part of who you are, right? It's kind of a way to kind of, kind of live a little bit uh, like you want to live from time to time. And then it just kind of, you kind of absorb it and become more like it. If that makes any sense, I'm not sure I expressed it exactly the way I wanted to, but it was amazing for me when I did it. I think the metaphor of going to a concert and being sucked into the energy of the experience mm -hmm. to step away from the, 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 the inward spin of, of a heavy emotion is right. a perfect thing because I am that distractible. It'd be mm -hmm. ADHD kids are that distractible. And I, mm -hmm. and I let when we, as we talk about things and everything in this conversation has been a strategy for parents and for kids with ADHD. And mm -hmm. to, when we talk about the strategies, this, this, <laughs> the strategy, all right. When we talk about the things that we are going to use to help us strategy, strategy, <laughs> strategy, that there does. we are. <laughs> I, when, when I have to focus, because that's one of the other sides of ADHD that gets missed but there that they, we can have these moments of super hyper focus. Now to achieve that moment, I have discovered my formula. I have a rock tumbler in the back uh -huh. and I turn on the rock tumbler. Now my own woo woo side says the electromagnetic energy of rocks hitting each other in a constant spinning motion changes the energetics in my room. But that's number one. Number two, I put on a video on YouTube, it's got to be Bob Proctor or a video by the Mulligan brothers, because like you empowerment, personal growth and development and training my brain, hacking my brain. That's a constant state of movement. I need to be listening to something that appeals to me so that every time I tune out from my work, I'm tuning into something that says, you got this. You're, you're a work of art. You're a, you're a person in process. You're, you're a spiritual being having a human experience, whatever that motivational video is saying in the moment. So when I tune out, I'm instantly pulled to something else that reminds me that I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm unique. I'm special. I'm fantastic. I'm audacious. I'm aggressively passionate about, and it pulls me back in because it allows me to keep strength basing what I'm experiencing, which is a constant frustration with, I got to get this chart done. And I got to focus on this. I need to do this. This is important. And that guy's wearing a yellow vest and oh, he's Mexican. And I want to go to Mexico again. And I remember my honeymoon and mariachi music still. And was it about tacos and what was I doing? But the moment I drift, I have something that pulls me back, whether it's a day timer, which is one of my tools, which is whether it's the rock tumbling, the music, the heavy metal, the flamenco dancing scream therapy, whatever it is that allows me to process the the unfocus so i can get back to work yes absolutely and that's why that's why they have adhd coaches out there that's why adhd coaches are so valuable uh for people with adhd because they help you put the structure in place right you have structure right yeah. adhd people don't think in terms of structure and um and it's it's hard for us to do it and we eventually we find our way i don't know if anybody suggested that to you but it probably took if they didn't it probably took you some time to figure that out right um and with an adhd coach they can they can help direct you to that right away so it's like okay so now we have the structure in place let's let's work within the structure right? Let's work within that structure. And now you work within your structure and it works for you, right? Some people it would, with ADHD, it would drive them crazy right, to have that, right. right? Some people need to be pulled out of uh, the, the, the constant self-improvement and maybe have, like I have friends on right now, right? And here, let me show you. <laughs> so over here, I got friends on right Perfect. now, right? <laughs> yeah. And friends and not like, not like I'm this huge friends fan. I am a huge Jennifer Aniston fan, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, that's a different, that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> but, but so it's just distracting enough, right? It pulls me out. Like I get to take a break whenever I want and say, Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but the point is, is that some people like, Bob Proctor, it's like, I need, I need that. And then I can come back to this. Some people need to like, I just need to like be in something else for a couple minutes and then I can come back. Right. But it's all, it's all different. We're all different. hundred percent. Right. We're all different. You need to figure out your own personal solution. That's why I think an ADHD coach is so valuable.
As you know, everything in this show is designed to support families for free. There is a, an experience that we have in the industry of mental health, recovery, addiction, uh, anything where we are constantly bombarded with ideas and tools and tactics. And ultimately we get to a price tag. Now, the experts in the industry do need to pay their bills. They need to pay their mortgages. They need to feed their children. They need to make their livings just like you do. But there is a philosophy that I know my guest today embraces. I embrace it. And I believe when you find a truly ethical uh, person who is working in the industry of mental health and addiction recovery, uh, you can start to lean on it. And that is giving you their best for free. And one thing I know about my guest today, Bob Dietrich, is that when I do interviews, he's not going to hold back. He's going to tell you what he thinks. He's going to give you what he knows. That's the podcast. That's the world of podcasting that I love. It's the last, it's the last free radio out there. So in addition to this podcast, I also created a Facebook page called Parenting Teens That Struggle. And parents who are listening to this show, go to that Facebook page. It is a private group moderated by me. I will be putting this live show on there. I'll be releasing the podcast there later. I put free videos. I talk to experts. We answer these experts, answer questions directly to the parents. And most importantly, parents are supporting parents. Parents of teens that are struggling are supporting parents of teens that are struggling. And there is no equivalency to being in a group that understands exactly what you're going through. That is the key to recovery, a unique community that gets it. So go to Parenting Teens That Struggle. It's a free group. There is a ton of free support there. I will meet you there. You will see Bob. You will see all the other experts I've had on this show. You will see videos. You will get connection to articles and other people's podcasts. Parenting Teens That Struggle on Facebook. It's free. Answer the couple questions to get into the group. And I'll see you there. Let's get back to Bob in the show. Bob, in all the years of you uh, interviewing experts and working with the experts in the field of ADHD, I have to ask about gut health. When my mom was first being educated, even back in the 70s, about me and ADHD, because I, I, was, I was diagnosed in the 70s with it, uh, Ritalin became an option at an early age as they started to discover what Ritalin could do and help connecting the, the neurotransmitters and the receptors. But I remember laying on the kitchen counter a book and then it was in the shelf and then it was next to the couch or next to her, her bed. And the book was titled, If You Love Me, Don't Feed Me Junk. Because some doctor, even back there in the 70s said, you got to cut the sugar. You got to, you got to get pulled sugar out of his diet. Now we understand a lot more now about nutrition and diet and gut health, because that is a constant exploding research thing. And I can tell you in the past two months, I have really struggled with my ADHD. I've been impulsive. I've been compulsive. I've been unfocused. I've dropped the ball. I have forgotten important things. I have missed important deadlines. And two months ago, my diet, which is low to no carbs, because carbs turn into sugar, I slipped. I let it slip. I went out on a vacation and I came back and I haven't gone back to the discipline of my nutrition. Exercise I do daily, but my nutrition, when I tracked back the beginning of my current struggle with my ADHD as an adult, I could track it back to the moment I let my nutrition slip. What do you know about this? Well, it certainly is a factor. I mean, it's a factor for everybody. And let's face it, the older we get, the, the harder it is. Uh, uh, I mean, if we, if we haven't shifted our mindset around food, the harder it is to shift our mindset around food, right? right? And, and um, I kind of look at life in general like that. Our lives as, you know, as kids, we're supposed to be led a certain way. And then we become younger adults. And the older we get, the more our body demands us to shift our, our health, right? To, to take, to shift everything in our, in our life, but certainly our health, right? And the older we get, if the, the more consequences we pay. If you haven't, if you haven't, um, you know, kicked sugar yet, well, your body's going to make you, or you're going to, you you know, you're going to pay the price for it, right? you know, in our health. And so um, 
so I think it's, it's vital for everybody, you know, to, to get rid of that sugar, get rid of the pesticides, get rid of the, um, all the factors, the, these toxins that are in our environment, because we're bombarded with it at a rate we've never seen before. And probably it's going to be worse as we get older, right? So if we don't learn to do it now, we're going to eventually our bodies are going to demand us to do it. And that's aside from the ADHD conversation. Um, I would say that that it would, I would say it would be, a, a, what I've learned, it's a deeper conversation than just gut health. Gut health is super important, but it's like, what about the toxicity in your system? Right. Um, do you have heavy metals? Do you have any gene mutations? Do you have any, you know, and you can go, get all this from blood testing. Do you have um, vitamin deficiencies? Right. Are you allergic to foods? Are you allergic to food additives? Right. You know, all of these things are factors and you can get this done through the same people that can help you overcome the gut health. And so it's, it's, it's a, I, I would say I would take your, take the gut health and I would expand it to, to that kind of conversation. And, and that's kind of what we do in our, our program. And it's not because we are smart. It's because somebody taught us to do that. Right. right? And, and, and it is a bigger global conversation. And, and I found out a few things about myself going through it. Like I'm allergic to yogurt and cheddar cheese, and that will make me inflamed when I eat them. So I avoid those. And unfortunately I love those. And, and, um, <laughs> and, you know, I have to avoid that. So, and I have an MTHFR gene mutation. If you don't know what that is, then, you know, probably want to learn about that because these things could ultimately lead to things like cancer and Parkinson's and things like that. So the more you pay attention to this now when you're younger, the better off you're going to be. That really is a, a brilliant answer because it, it is true. The moment you said heavy metals, I remember uh, that I think that it was in the early nineties that that all of a sudden was like, Oh my God, were you in an environment with heavy metals? It's the yeah. source of ADHD. And then it, and then it showed up with, like you said, the gene mutation. It's like, Oh, you can't take vitamin B or, and you have to take methylated vitamin B and on and on and on. So the, the constant sources of where ADHD, ADHD comes from, it really does. It expands the conversation. We have to be clear. We're not talking about dieting. We're talking about nutrition. We're talking about really understanding your body and how your body needs its healthy attention and, right. and what it's going to, to get from that. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about Metallica and disturbed. We're talking about <laughs> mercury <laughs> and lead and right. things like that, that might be in your system that are, you know, I had my fillings replaced. I don't know if it did anything huh. for me, but um, because they were, they were, they were the mercury type fillings. And so I had them replaced. I went down to Mexico. Mariachis were playing while I had it done <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, and we, uh, and I had my, my fillings replaced because I knew that that could be a toxic um, challenge for me. I didn't know to what extent, but I figured, you know, if I could afford to have it done, I was going to have it done. So. Well, you can, you can take my fillings, but you cannot take my music and heavy metal music again <laughs> is like, is one of those things that moves at the same pace as my brain. Uh -huh. You know, because I can listen to it and people go, I don't understand the lyrics. And I'm like, that's because you're not listening to them. You know, <laughs> you can, I don't yeah, understand. I'm, I'm more of a punk guy myself. I'm, I, Green Day is my jam and, uh, I got them on my, I already got tickets for the next concert in a month. So I was, I was in the airport, uh, um, at, at flying to LA and I'm, and I'm sitting down and I look over and there's drop dead. And Drop Dead has been around since the 80s. Punk, Very true punk. punk, no song longer than one minute, 15 seconds. Worst musicians ever. And I was like, are you guys Drop Dead? And they were like, you know us? And they'd just been playing a punk show. I got a picture with them and a bunch of their patches. So I'm with you. But that, again, I think what's being discussed, every conversation we have, every sidebar is a strategy for parents of kids. Maybe your kid needs blackout curtains so that they can sleep because their hypervigilance and survival brain design, that minimal light, that, that any bit of noise will bounce them out of bed. And I know what it's like to wake up to any sound I don't recognize and the struggle to fall asleep in a hotel, a tent, or another country. But I know what I need to sleep. I know what I need to focus during the day. I know what I need to listen to. And you said Bob Proctor earlier, and I can quote, I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through multiple sources on a continuous basis because I listened to his eight-hour meditation affirmation in the background because when I can't focus, I want something to take that focus over that is empowering 
and monumentous for my brain chemistry. Beautiful. Beautiful. Because if you don't take control of your own mind, somebody is going to take control of it. And that is it. If we don't teach kids how to manage their lives, mm -hmm. somebody will manage it for them. And you start with the moments. You start with how do you manage this moment? And it's not always about controlling them. Right. And that's hard to say to a parent who has two other kids and they're a single parent who's working their butt off to make the mortgage and the other two kids are doing fine and can sit down and focus and you got one outlier and it's hard not to look at your kid as the identified patient yep absolutely absolutely so you know let's let's talk about something i'd like to talk about mindset because mindset is the key to getting through this ADHD. If you have ADHD, it's the key to getting through it. If you are a parent with a child with ADHD, it is the key to, to helping them through it. And your mindset about things is super important and understanding mindset is super important. For example, they say that 80%, they meaning studies show that 80%, 80% of everything you think about the world, your perceptions about the world and yourself, the beliefs you have about yourself, are hardwired in your brain through neural connections, neural pathways, hardwired neural pathways in your brain um, uh, by the time you're six to eight years old. Oh. So by the time you're six to eight years old, you have already decided 80% of what you think about yourself. Like, I am smart. I am not smart. I'm good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, all of these things, hundreds of thousands of these connections have been made already in your brain. And you've made those decisions because you're, you know, that's part of what you're doing. Remember, your brain is in theta up most of the, most of your life up until about six to eight years old. Theta is the same as hypnosis. It's, it's the same brain wave as hypnosis. So your brain is like a sponge. When they say kids are like sponges, they are because that's what their brain waves are. are um, uh, that's where their brain waves are at. So they're like sponges and they're taking in everything, absorbing it. And ma they're making up stories. You know, dad left. That means he doesn't love me. So men are, are not safe. You know, all of these things that they're not true, but that's what we make up. And that's what we believe. And I'm not good enough because my dad's not here anymore. You know, that type of thing. And so, um, so what we have to do as adults, right? And, and let me go further, basically. Uh, um, let me go further because basically, you know, six to eight years old, 80%, by the time you get to about 18, 19%, you have about 95%. So most of this is happening, you know, in adolescence. Um, so you have very little to do in, um, uh, adulthood, except to reprogram that. And let's also put this in perspective. Most of these neural pathways are good, right? They're helping you get through life, right? Tying your shoes, driving a car, all the automatic functions. These are all neural pathways, right? These are all things that are helping you through life. There are only a few, right? And when I say few, a couple, several thousand, right? right? <laughs> Compared to the hundreds of thousands that you have. Um, remember, you have hundreds of billions of neurons. So the potential there is, is vast. Um, so uh, uh, the, uh, you have thousands of thoughts, beliefs that neural pathways that are connected that are not serving you so well, that used to serve you well, they used to protect you as a child. They don't protect you now that you're trying to meet new people, that you're trying to be, you know, uh, you're trying to be more confident, you know, things like that. So as so when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about reshaping these beliefs that you have about yourself into beliefs that are going to make you more confident, not blaming your parents and your experience for having it, but just allowing yourself to, to first of all, forgive yourself for, for creating that story. Cause a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll put that on ourselves, but, but really to, to uh, reshape the beliefs that we have about ourselves. Let me give you an example. Most people have a belief that I'm not enough, right? I'm not enough. Where'd that come from? Well, if you, if you understand that by the time, you know, you're six years old, eight years old, you know, you're putting most of your beliefs in place. Well, at that time, you're not enough of anything. You can't make your own decisions about school, about your day, about lunch, about dinner, about, about, you know, your friends, about anything that you do. You're not tall enough to ride the rides. You're not old enough to drive. You can't make your own money. You don't have your own money. You can't buy the things you want to do. You're not good enough for anything, right? right. And so most people 
come into adulthood with this I'm not enough complex. When I was working with Alma the first time, she, she said, I have a process to rewire the brain, right? And then you can actually take a belief and you can rewire it. I go, well, let's try it. And I have challenges getting on stage, right? Uh, when I get on stage, sometimes I'll go into fight or flight when I am, my speeches don't start very well. And, and it's really blocking me. Can you help me with that? So we did a couple things and a couple rewires. Within two months, I was speaking on stage in front of 700 people at Dell Computers. And what that what that was showing me was that my subconscious was sabotaging my ability to get on stage and speak to corporate audiences because I didn't feel I was good enough. Right. I didn't feel like I was enough. Not I wasn't good enough as a speaker. I'd been doing it for 18 years at the time, but I just wasn't enough. I didn't feel like I was enough. It felt like was there was always somebody else in the audience who could do it better, who could say it better. But hey, I'm the one on stage. So why would I feel that way, right? But, you know, so I, I rewired it within a couple of months, not only am I on stage, but I had this next six months booked out. Everything opened up because my subconscious was no longer protecting me from getting on stage and bombing and feeling embarrassed and all that other stuff. As soon as I got that, I'm, a, I'm enough, then I was able to, uh, I was able to step into that space you know, through this process that she showed me. So it's, it's an example of how your beliefs can hold you back. They'll sabotage you in relationships. They'll sabotage your confidence. They'll sabotage all these things. And not because they're trying to sabotage you and they're bad because they're trying to protect you. And that's what they're just, they, so what they've been designed to do originally, and they're still working that way. And you're no longer six and you needed to have a different belief. You need to have a different thought about things. I think what's most incredible about everything you just said is that you're talking about everybody. You're not no, talking about kids with ADHD or teens. You're that's everybody. That, that's everybody, but especially ADHD because yeah. in ADHD, you know, we grow up and we have these challenges. We're different than other people and we're trying to make sense of who we are in the world. And sometimes we make sense of it. Like I don't read as well as other people. So I must be stupid. Right. I don't do this as much as well as people. So I must be this. And a lot of us will find our, our, um, uh, our, our strength in, um, or maybe our popularity, like I did in humor, right? I used to be the class clown because sure. I, you know, that was my way of connecting and getting over this stuff. Uh, but we, the bottom line is we create these beliefs about ourselves because we have more challenges than the other kids do as growing up. And so, so, and those will take us into adulthood, you know, and they, they ruin our confidence as we go through as, as we, you know, as we get older. And so what we can do is we can reshape that and we can be more confident and we can, we can start to really start to emerge and help that superpower come forward. Bob, let's connect families to you. Um, first of all, talk about what you do, what you have to offer parents in including the summits because you have two more coming up one was just completed will that one will you be releasing those episodes on audible like the last adhd toolbox uh was released or um you know what uh, what you got how do people yeah. find it and how do they get in touch with bob great so you can go to the adhd toolbox.com uh v-t-h-e adhd toolbox.com and um you can register for our upcoming summit. The upcoming summit is scheduled for um, September 21st. Now that summit is going to be focused on adults, right? That's going to be for adult ADHD. If you're a teenager, you fall into the adult category and you can benefit from the child category too. You know, the one, uh, the one we're having in October is basically focused on parents dealing with, with children. Right. So, you, so if you're a teen, you, you actually can benefit from both because we have people talking on, on both ends of it. Um, and uh, so that's how that you can find me. Go to the ADHDtoolbox.com. You can also email me, Bob, at the ADHDtoolbox.com, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have and make sure you're connected to the right place. Bob, is this September 21st ADHD toolbox for adults? Is this one free as well? Yeah, that's free. And so is the October one. Yeah, all the summits are free. We make them free um, while the while they're live. And then we give a couple day replay. What's the date of the October one? October 19th. 19th. Yes. You might have said that, but uh, a bird flew by my window. So <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> <What> the... <laughs> okay, final question, Bob. And, and, I, and I asked this uh, because maybe you've answered it, maybe you haven't. But what is, in all the experts, because you've done a lot of these ADHD summits for adults and children, 
In your opinion, what is the golden thread piece of information or advice, the thing you hear all the experts agree on? What all the experts agree on is that there is a super fast brain inside the ADHDer. They have, this is the Richard Branson. This is the Thomas Edison. This is the Albert Einstein. This is the Adam Levine, you know, Maroon 5 lead singer musician guy, right? Musician, not magician. <laughs> this is this is the Michael Phelps. These are the people that can have the potential for superstardom, right? And they have the potential for super failure too. And the only reason they have the potential for super failure is because they're looking for ways to cope with their anxiety and that super fast brain. How do you turn this friggin' thing off? It's driving me crazy, right? That's the that's the Ferrari brain that that um, Dr. Hallowell talks about, right? It's awesome. And how do you turn it off? How do you, you know? And so finding strategies. Like for me, it was concerts, right? For you, it's the Tumblr and and the and the the, the videos. What is it for you out there listening right now? What is the thing that kind of totally absorbs you? And don't tell me video games because video games. We all know video games. You know, a couple hours are okay. You go longer than that, they're going to start to distort your mind, distort your, your perception. You want to feed your mind positive stuff. You know, you're getting older now. This is time for you to step into your power. This is time for you to to um, to shape your own mind for to take care to, to control your life. And you've got this. You totally have got this. You just need to engage, get knowledge and find the tools that are working for you because the tools that work for you are going to be totally different than anybody else in this entire planet because you are totally different than anybody else on this entire planet. My guest today has been Bob Dietrich from the ADHD Toolbox. You can go to the ADHDtoolbox.com and remember to have the ADHDtoolbox.com. His email address is bob at the ADHDtoolbox.com. He's got a free summit coming up on September 21st for adults with ADHD. And then October 19th, he'll be back talking about kids. All of Bob's summits are free. And I know because I've been on a few of them, every expert he interviews brings a free gift of, of tools and support for people who are on the summit. So go to the ADHD toolbox and register for free. Thank you, uh, Your Cause Consulting, for making sure this show is in front of the right parents. Thank you, Deepin Productions, for the music and the productions of the show. Thank you, Bob, for being such a great guest. Parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third. That's how we do our best work with our kids. My name is Aaron. I will said my name is ADHD. I was going to say, my name is Aaron and I have adult ADHD and it is my freaking superpower. I'll see you next time on Beyond Risk and Back.